Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. In January, me and Simone was intimate, and I had a girlfriend at the time back in Connecticut. So in January, that happened. Yes. This is the plaintiff, Ken Yada Dowell. She says the defendant is her ex-girlfriend, and she scratched vile words into the paint of her car with a key. She can't get her to pay for the $1,531.47 in repairs she now needs to make, so she's suing her for it. This is the defendant, Simone Harris. She says the plaintiff cheated on her, and she admits it enraged her, and she keyed the plaintiff's car. But the plaintiff owes her money because she paid for everything in their relationship and says they're even. She's accused of taking it out on a car. All parties, please raise your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session and the Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Ms. Dowell, you're suing your former girlfriend, Ms. Harris, for $1,531.47 because she keyed your car. What happened? Um, I started dating Ms. Harris in 2009. We were on and off again for to like 2018. And um, we were going back and forth. She would cheat on me. I would cheat on her. We were just going back and forth. So in 2018, um, Ms. Harris moved to Georgia. So we had split up. And we didn't speak for a while. And then I reached out to Ms. Harris and around Christmas time of last year. Wait, let me back up a little bit. Um, before that, I got into a relationship. After me and Simone split up, I got into a relationship, and which is currently my wife right now. So... Um, I went to Georgia in January with my when my uncle passed and Simone was in Georgia with my family, like she was living with my sister. So in January, me and Simone was intimate and I had a girlfriend at the time back in Connecticut. So in January that happened. I, yes. In January that happened. We came back. Me and Simone was still cordial. When I was in Georgia, she was telling me that she needed to come back to Connecticut. 
because her daughter is here. You know, her mom is here. Her daughter was going through a lot. Her mom was sick that she needed to come back to Connecticut. So as a friend, I was saying, okay, you should, you know, come back to Connecticut. When Simone got back to Connecticut, she started telling everyone that I was the reason that she came back to Connecticut, that she came back to Connecticut for me and we were going to be together. Well, maybe and that was her real thing. reason. But that wasn't what we talked about. So, and she came back to um, Connecticut, like, I think March. Me and my wife started going through our problems in, like, June. So... At, in June, and she Simone, wasn't your wife, right? No, she was, and we got married in February. Oh, you did? Okay, so when Simone yes. comes back, right then is, like, it's, like, mid-wedding for you. And what does... Yeah, does I'm, Simone know that you got married, or she doesn't know? Not at the time. My wife ended up telling her that we were married. How much later? Probably April, around in April... Beginning of May. Okay. She found out. Okay. So why didn't you? What did you found out? Why is this a secret? Why wouldn't you tell it, uh, Ms. Harris that you got married? Were you still wasn't dealing with Ms. I, Harris? No. We were talking. We were. We was. We wasn't. Um, ben, when she came back from Georgia, we wasn't intimate at all until June. Once me and my oh, wife started okay. having issues, I I reached out to Simone. We were, she was trying to help me. You know, she, I was living with her for a whole month. She introduced me to her new girlfriend. We all sat at her house with her new girlfriend. Everything, I thought everything was fine. I thought we were good. I thought we were friends. Well, when did, so in saw, June, yeah, but you were just saying that in June, you start, um, are, you, are you intimate again with Simone, with Miss Harris? Yes, in the middle of June, we were intimate. And then her girlfriend came over on Simone's birthday, July 1st. Simone and her best friend was telling me, don't tell her we was intimate. Don't tell me with her we was intimate. Okay, I'm thinking as a friend, okay, I'm going through my own situation, so I ain't going to throw salt, as they say, on your situation. So I just, I've never told her girlfriend that we slept together because I was dealing with my own situation. I thought Simone was trying to be my friend. Yeah, no, y'all got but, a lot going on. This is mid-COVID yes, and everybody's got I, tons of stuff yeah, going on. I agree, <laughs> I agree. All right, so the night that this happens is when? When does this happen? This happened August 28th that the key, the car got okay. keyed. Okay, so, now in July, are you and Miss Harris dating or not really? No, we're not dating at all. She has a whole girlfriend. I'm married. We were, she was letting me, she was letting me stay at her house, but we were in together. Simone worked overnight. I worked at night. So I come in at 11. She has to be to work at 11. So what we about were barely, August? We were, in the month of August, were you guys dating or you, according to you, no, you weren't we, dating? No, she has a whole girlfriend. Why don't you tell me, Miss Harris, what was going on during that time? All right. Like she said, we've been doing this off and on for 11 years. I'm going to speed you up to the case. Back in January, I was down south. I was living my best life. I'm not going to say the best, but I started over, okay? Me and Kenyatta been through this back and forth, and I'm just tired. I'm tired of the lies. I'm tired of her playing victim. I'm tired of her acting like it's everything me. She came to me and act like her relationship was so distraught. I need you. I can't do it without you. Please come back. And it's hurting me today because I still love this lady. I'm not in a current relationship. I was dealing with someone, trying to move on. Kenyatta came back to me again before my birthday, how she can't do it with this girl, how I'm tired. 
And she came back, but we didn't come back into a relationship. I came back as a friend to help her, okay? That help continued from June, the end of June, all the way to the end of August, okay? And then what happened? What happened on August 28th? In that process, we were supposed to go to Kenyatta Dow Godchild house for a birthday party. I admit and said I slept with somebody while we were separated and it threw it all up. Okay? And then Kenyatta went left. Yeah, she and that's slept with she, my ex-girl, that's my she, god mom. Okay, mother. I slept with Okay, I slept with her ex-girlfriend ex at the end of the I'm day. Sorry, wait, hold on. Okay. It was an ex-girlfriend okay. of yours? Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Listen, okay. Your Honor, if she wanted to take it there, we had a threesome with her back in the beginning. So she brought that yeah. relationship to me. I didn't just go out looking for it. This is something that we've been okay. doing, Your Honor. This Don't... was 12 right. years ago, right. Your Honor. Okay, okay, okay. Everybody listen. Was mad. Let's focus on August 28th. I want to know what happens That's on August 28th. Like I said, I admitted to sleeping with her ex-girlfriend and it threw it off everywhere. So Kenyatta got in her feelings and she, and she, her and Jasmine, her um, wife wasn't speaking. So she reached out. Okay. She reached out because this is what Kenyatta does. When Kenyatta get mad at Simone Harris, she goes off the wall and now you got to do something to try to hurt me. You can't hurt me more than what you already done, honey. Okay. So she lied. She said she wasn't dealing with Jasmine. Lie, lie, lie. I'm not talking to her. Kenyatta still sleeping in my house while this was going on, Your Honor. Okay? The day I keyed her car, I went to work that night, and I had got a nasty feeling. So I rode up her street, her wife's street, and I seen Kenyatta car parked there like it never left. So, yes, I went into rage, and I went in her driveway, and I keyed Kenyatta car. Yes, I did. And I admit it. And we... What I did got you arrested. key on it? I keyed you and I put an X on her hood because I was tired. How you going to lie and say you're not with this girl, but then your car is here. Stop lying to me. Just keep it real. We me, wasn't in a relationship when you came back. Together. Okay, that's what okay. I said. Ms. Dow, Ms. Dow, hold on. Ms. Dow, hold on. Ms. Harris, you key her car yes, and Ms. Dow, yes. do you see her doing it or you see that she's out there? How do you know that she, I mean, no. it's pretty obvious Can if I not her than I've seen it, yes. And she no, admits I, it. But Ms. Dow, I'm a, I'm how I is it that I you learned that? her? Hold on, Ms. Harris, wait. You recorded her. Do you have the recorder? I, by the time I got, by the time I got That's my phone, day. she was driving out the, she was pulling out the driveway. So okay, I got yeah, the clip so, of but you her tell driving the out the driveway. Right. You've got the, you call I the police. Everything. You, yes. I, I know you did. Can you hold on, Ms. Harris? Ms. Yes, Dow, you yes. call the police? Yes. Okay. And do the police talk to Ms. Harris? Yes, she got Ms. arrested Harris, that day. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. After you keyed yes, her car and you didn't write it, you you actually wrote the word. You uh -huh. after you key her car. TV. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> after you key her car, what is it you do? I went upstairs because the door was unlocked, and I banged on her wife's door. That's how she knew it was me. I banged on the door and? and I asked both of them to come outside because I want a f I want to fight now because now I'm enraged. I want to fight. Stop lying to me, Kenyatta. But nobody came outside. I continued to go about my day. I went to do my run at the park and I went to do here. When I got there to do her aunt here, that's when the cops called me and they came and arrested me. I gave the cops my whole story, and that's when they looked up Kenyatta's name and found out her wife has a protective order on her. So when I got to jail, Kenyatta was already sitting in jail.
because she violated her protective order. Okay. They married, but your wife got a protective order on you. And y'all can't be Because together. if you was That's harassing her, because Simone no, was not. harassing was was, her. She harassed and she me was my job. It was me. I don't have she a job. Was Ms. Harris. My wife is, Ms. And, Harris. And my it's, wife was it thinking sounds it was like me. Ms. Harris, since no, you are admitting to the damage, and I have a receipt for what the damage is, it's $1,531.47. So I hope you enjoyed yes, it because Shana. that's what it's going to cost. Now, can I ask you a question, Ms. Harris? When was the last time you two saw each yes. other or talked to each other? Um, at court, uh, I never, I didn't talk to her again. They was trying to be funny, her and her wife at court. And that's the last time I seen them because I'm going to court. Can I ask you right a now. question? Can Right. Can yes. I ask you a question? Do you think that yes. Ms. Dow is good for you? No, not at the, you know, these months away. No, she's not even worth it. Right. She don't know what to do with my wife. I don't know whether she's she worth it. I can tell you that she doesn't bring no, out the best not. in you. She doesn't. Best no. of me at all. And she doesn't and I bring out the best in me, Your Honor, either. I realize okay. that now. So now that you I realize, realize that, that maybe, maybe this is the beginning of the rest of your life, and it's time for it both is. of you it to stop the toxicity and move on. Whether, you know, move I've on done. to bigger and, and greener and broader pastures, I've because done. I don't done. think you two are particularly right. good together. All right, now, right. Um, I realize how angry you are. I appreciate how candid you are. And um, Ms. Dow's claim That's against fine. you for the, the fixing of the car, she's right. You admit she's right. And right. it's $1,531.47, mm -hmm. verdict to the plaintiff. I wish you guys the best of luck. In particular, Ms. Harris, I want to urge you very much that if Ms. Dow were to call you, because she does seem to have a pattern it, it will of never happen. if she's mad at one, go to the other. If she's mad at this one, go to the right. Just stop. Just stop, man. Grow. It won't right? happen Grow. again. Right? Everybody, yeah. Ms. Dow, right. you too, just grow. Right. Good luck to you folks. Thank you, Your Honor. Ms. Harris, what do you think about what the judge had to say to you? Well, I took everything that what she said into my heart, and at the end of the day, I already moved on. I'm done with the situation, and I wish the best for Kenyatta and her wife. <laughs> okay. Well, good luck to you. Ms. Dow, how about you? You feel that uh, you're going to move on, and obviously you're married. You, know, you have a have a wife. You're okay? Right. Um, I, I, I already moved on. I just wanted this to be out of the way. I just wanted the... Um... I just wanted my car fixed, and Simone want to say all of these things about me when she's not the perfect person herself. But I, like she said, I wish her the best and with everything she got going on, and I thank the judge for my case today. All right, very good. We'll leave it at that. Good luck to both of you. Let's see what the judges have to say now. Here they are with another edition of After the Verdict. This case, I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, there's no car that <laughs> needs, needs keying. <laughs> and that's the defense I kind of heard from. I mean, there's a complicated relationship with a lot of friction and a little bit of toxicity. Well, she but, lied, so. But yeah. come on, you don't get to go to court and tell the judge or a jury, I think well, she... I did it, but the car needed keying because right. she was messing with right. the former ex. I don't think she really oh. thought that that defense was going to fly, in fairness to her. I mean, she was pretty candid all the way around yeah, with definitely. everybody, including the police. Definitely. And I saw the pictures. It was pretty awful, the yeah. keying. And once you get past the paint, when somebody keys your car and you can't see any paint in it, and all you see is either the primer 
or the steel at the bottom of it. The thing that is, like, imagine the, the key panel. in your hand and you start to key it and then like a rational mind would stop. Right. And all you get is right. a line. She actually wrote out every letter of the word and right. then a big X on the front and then rang the doorbell. Yeah, honesty will only get you so far in the defense <laughs> of the lawsuit, though. And uh, when you do it like that, well, uh, she certainly had it coming with yeah. the judgment. Yeah. Hey, Harvey. A uh, friend was jumping on our trampoline and his girlfriend broke her ankle while we were not home. Are we responsible for medical bills? Well, if nothing's wrong with the trampoline and she's just playing on it, no. The only way a homeowner is responsible is if there's negligence. And assuming the trampoline was okay and assuming these are not minors where there should have been supervision, I think they would be out of luck. And that will do it for this case. The litigants for the next case are inside the courtroom. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance, an emergency repair, or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is the plaintiff, Paris Christopher Gwynn. He says he purchased an iPhone XR from the defendant on Facebook, and the guy pulled a switcheroo on him and sent him a different phone. The defendant refuses to rectify the situation, so he's here suing him for the $780 he's now owed. This is the defendant, Agus Sepetus. He says he shipped an iPhone XR to the plaintiff as promised, but the guy's now saying he received a Nokia phone. He has no idea why the plaintiff is trying to scam him or something and refuses to give him a refund. He's accused of selling one thing and shipping another. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says he bought an iPhone from the defendant, and guess what? It wasn't. It turned out to be a Nokia. The defendant says he had no idea what this guy's talking about because he shipped him an iPhone just the way they agreed. It's the case of the old switcheroo. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Mr. Gwynn, what happened? Well... On uh, July 21st, I reached out to Edges, and uh, we were able to negotiate over the next couple days the price for the phone, and I was up in Boca Raton helping my parents move out of their house. Um, so with a couple of complications that we had in terms of time, um, long story short, we forgot and were unable to get the phone, so I asked um, Mr. Saputis to ship the phone to me. Um, I said that we would give him the first $190 of the payment, and then we would issue the other half of the payment after we had proof that the uh, shipment had been made. 
um, as kind of a sign of good faith. What kind of phone were you buying? An iPhone XR. And uh, how much was he selling it for? He was, we originally came to a mutual agreement of $380. Okay. So then what happens? And so a um, couple days go by. He finally ships it. Um, and when we, when I open up the package to, re- uh, after this is, first of all, this is what he pictured that he sent me. This is what he pictured. Okay. Um, and that's and what so propelled several... you to go ahead and send him the other $190 because you see an XR in that box, right? Yes. All right. So you pay him the rest of the money and then he ships it to you. And what happens? Well, so I get the notification about 1030 at my apartment complex that says I received the package. So I open the package up. About 11 o'clock after I, was, after I went down to go get it, because um, we have a mail room where it is, um, in these locked boxes where they put your packages. And I opened up the package, and first of all, the first thing that was there was an envelope that was not originally sent within the picture of what he sent me. So I was a little confused at first, but I thought, okay, well, he's sending it you know, in an envelope, so it's added protection. And then when you take the, the phone out, it's the Nokia um, and so I immediately, you know, messaged him and, and said, hey, like, this is not the phone that you sent me. This is not an iPhone XR Black. And he says, that's not what I put in the box. I never put anything in an envelope. It was just the box with the little cushions. And I said, you know, this sounds like something you need to take care of with UPS, you know, the people you shipped it through. And he goes, absolutely, I'll contact them. So I, I, he says that at about 11 o'clock on uh, July 28th. So I reach out to him at about 5 p.m. that same day. Um, and said, hey, like, what's the update? Um, and he says he claims that he files a, a claim with UPS, and I asked for evidence. I said, hey, here's my email address. Could you send me the claim number or any sort of evidence that you've done that? And he didn't send me a single thing. He ghosts after that. All right, Mr. Well, Saputis, what's going on? Yes, Your Honor. So I did send him the iPhone XR, and so he, sh- he sent me the rest of the money after I showed him the tracking number of me sending it over um and the issue actually was was when i contacted uh ups uh i chose the most like the cheapest option to to ship it out because it was so close and i didn't really think of it uh much and so we didn't have insurance on it and the reason for why i guess i ghosted him was because when he started contacting me about it um i've been scammed before when i was younger through like fake ebay like emails and stuff like that and he started um, messaging me about like contacting the FBI and stuff like that. And in my eyes, I mean, all this over a phone seemed kind of, you know, unnecessary. So I thought, what he are you was, talking he about? The me. fact that he was threatening to contact the FBI, the fact that he files a small claim case, and the fact that he brings it to the people's court tells me he's not a scammer. He's really angry that he didn't get the XR. So what do you think happened, Mr. Saputis? Welcome back to the People's Court. The plaintiff says that he bought an iPhone from the defendant, and when it arrived, it was a Nokia. Now, the defendant is saying that somebody from the post office must have done the switch because he didn't. Let's go back into the courtroom. He doesn't know what happened. He just knows he didn't get what he paid for, and he wants his money back. Well, actually, he is claiming to know what happened. He claims that you defrauded him, so he wants double his money back. So you tell me, what happened? Well, Your Honor, I mean, I put the iPhone XR in the box, and then I shipped it out through UPS. And on my side of the deal, that was that was the end of it. So I, I don't know what else to say other than when I contacted UPS, I didn't have insurance on the package. And so what messed, what messed with me was that he 
told me that he was going to contact the FBI. And to me, that seemed like he was just threatening me to try and get the money back because he already had the phone. And he was trying to get, you know, the rest of his money that he paid me for it. But and you so would agree with me I that didn't... it would look like, you know, a guy who's trying to scam you, who opens up a box, takes his XR, and then takes it to this degree would probably not file a lawsuit or threaten to go to the FBI, right? So no, yeah. once, it, let's once... assume for a moment that he didn't scam you. Then what happened? Because you want me to believe you didn't scam him. So let's just think about this. If you didn't scam him and he didn't scam you, what the heck happened? Someone from UPS not... went inside, took a phone, put another phone in there. I mean, come on. We all know that didn't happen. So did this, uh, did the tracking number on the, on the package that you received match whatever tracking number he gave you? Absolutely, it did. So... Mr. Saputis, what do you think happened? Ma'am, I'm not sure. I mean, I put, as, as far as my end of the deal went, I put the phone in the box, the XR, and I Have shipped Have you ever been out. convicted of a crime, Mr. Saputis? There was. I, I, I was intoxicated on the avenue, and I, I scaled um, what at the time was the Buddha Sky Bar, and um, I, was, I, I stumbled into what was the liquor cabinet there, and I, I proceeded to- Took things to, from um, it? Okay. I, I did Mr. Ginn, have you ever been convicted of a crime? No, I've gotten a few traffic tickets, but nothing outside of that. All right, guys, um, look, unless I believe that he opened it up and he pulled the switcheroo, which I have a, a very, very hard time believing, um, then at the end of the day, he pays for something and he doesn't get the something. So you've got to make it right, okay? Yeah, Mr. Ginn. Your Honor, Ginn. could I say something real quick? Um, so a couple things. Yep. First of all, the, the, my issue really ultimately in all this was that he didn't let me know whether he saw the box get taped or not. Because that clearly tells me that if he put the wrong phone in there, had the box get taped shut and then shipped it off, there's no way anybody could have, you know, switched it like he said might have happened when we had our interaction. But more importantly, I went to a local UPS and I had them measure it on one of their package scales. And it came out to be about 253.2 grams or 0.558 pounds. And it shipped to me. I have the evidence through the shipping label and everything else. It shipped to me at, a, at about 0.558. So if he would have sent me the iPhone, which is heavier than the Nokia by about 60 or 70 grams, the package would have been heavier right out the gate when it would have shipped to me. And then it would have said in the statement of when I, it was shipped that the package was heavier than it said it was, which, is, which was my whole issue to begin with. That's that a little tight. he was tight. the one that put the it's phone in It's interesting. It's fascinating. I like how your mind works. It's a little <laughs> thin margin, though. It's a little thin margin. Uh, That's fair. However, I am having grave difficulty with the idea that someone at UPS ripped it open. Now, Mr. Saputis, one of the things you said in your answer to the complaint was that the tape in the picture he sent you looked different. Can you expound on that? Um, actually, so the, when I taped the box, I put one single layer of tape on it. And from what uh, the picture that he sent me, it looks like there, it's been wrapped multiple times, which I didn't do. It was wrapped just once. I'm very excited okay. to argue And this. now, go ahead, Mr. Ginn. How, Mr. Gann, what do you Saputis? do for a living? I'm a 1L at the University of Miami. I'm going to be a lawyer. And there you have it. <laughs> I can smell lawyer. Go ahead, Mr. Gann. <laughs> um, 
So he's, you know, at, as far as the accusation that I wrapped the box with extra tape, the shipping labels on top of the tape. How would I have ripped the shipping? I'm not saying he wrapped, wrapped it. it in tape. No, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure he was accusing you of doing that. He's trying oh, to show that it happened in shipping or something that somebody well, else did it, except for that that's the label that he put on it, right? Yeah, exactly. If that's the if label that you the label put, on put on it, how would that happen? I'm, I'm not the one that put on the shipping label on the box, man, Your Honor. Who did? It was at the UPS office. Right. And the shipping label goes on top of tape that's already there, right? The shipping label yes, doesn't go under tape. Right. So if you're standing at the UPS office mailing it and the shipping label goes on right in front of you, then that's the tape that was there when you sent it, right? Because it, mm -hmm. the shipping label is intact, right? Mr. Saputis, I'm going to order you to pay back the $380 that he paid you. I'm going to order you to pay his court costs. And frankly, I'm going to order you to pay another $380 because I do find that this was fraud on your part. $760, verdict for the plaintiff. Thank you, Your Honor. Well, the judge finds for the plaintiff, thinks the defendant is guilty of fraud. Let's see what uh, let's see what he has to say. What do you think, Mr. Sepertis? I didn't I didn't scam him, and it's sad that like I I couldn't prove it, but I don't know how else to state my case. So, well, I'm, I'm I feel sorry for you, but the judge that's what the judge found, and she decided against you, and you've got to give him back double the cost, really. So that's quite something. Mr. Ginn, let me ask you how you feel about the uh, You did a lot of work on this case, really. Um, you know, I probably spent about two hours putting a little report together, a little brief on everything that happened. And once I was able to kind of poke a lot of holes in some of the theories that he was or some of the claims he was making, um, it kind of just came up pretty easily to get this verdict. All right. Well, congratulations. Good for you. Time now for another edition of After the Verdict. I love how the plaintiff in this case, Mr. Ginn, treated the box that he received like a crime scene when he got it. He just <laughs> rolled up his sleeves and he was like, what do you mean a Nokia phone? I, I, I bought an iPhone XR, XL, whatever it was. And oh my God, uh, it just really was amazing. Yeah. And uh, you know, he just went Sherlock Holmes on the whole thing. <laughs> And it was spectacular. Uh, kind of proud of him. You know what's um, uh, kind of interesting is that I had no idea what the defendant was going to answer when I said, have you ever been convicted of a crime? Right. And I had no idea what the plaintiff was going to answer when I said, what do you do for a living? Because I could tell he was having way too much fun. And uh, he was either a frustrated lawyer or a lawyer to be. I mean, he was wronged. He knew it. And uh, he was determined to get it straightened out. Hey, Harvey. Uh, I'm a renter, and my car was damaged by the landlord's landscaper, and he won't give me their contact information. Can I make the landlord a third party and sue him because he hired the landscaper? That's a really interesting question and a little bit complicated. I'll explain. Um, if this is an independent contractor that the landlord hired, probably not. However, if you threaten to sue the landlord and say, look, if you don't give me the name, you're going to be part of this lawsuit, I have a feeling you're going to get somewhere. That will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case inside the courtroom right now. This is the plaintiff, Keith Olson. He says he paid for a TV set and his ex-girlfriend is holding it hostage and won't return it. Since he can't get his TV back, he has no other choice but to sue her for the set's value, $1,135.
This is the defendant, Lindsay Buker. She says she and the plaintiff have a son together. And when they were together, he bought her the TV as a gift. Now he wants it back? Too bad. She's accused of refusing to return property. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says he paid for a TV set and his ex-girlfriend is holding it hostage. Uh, the ex-girlfriend says that the TV was a gift for her and her session, son and she ain't giving it back. It's the case of TV crime. Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Olson, talk to me. What's going on? Lindsay and I were together on and off uh, briefly in the winter of 2017, a little bit before. Um, we do have a son in common together. Uh, my son, Gray, he, our son, Gray, born in uh, August of 2017. Um, at the time, we weren't together, but we agreed to raise the child as co-parents. Um, and once he was born, I was a first-time father, her a first-time mother. I was spending a lot of time at her mother's house at the time, like two to three nights a week to help with the child. And to make things more comfortable for when I was there, I, I furnished um, her mother's family room with a, um, a, 50, uh, a flat screen TV, um, a sound bar, and then a uh, Stevie, uh, TV stand and bookshelf. Um, we were there. I was there for two or three months while we were getting acclimated to the newborn. Um, again, only, only a few nights a week as needed with, to help with the child. And then I had gotten my own place. Um, since then, um, we're still raising the child together. Um, I've asked for the entertainment center um, back a few times. Can I ask you a and, question? Um, how, how old is the child now? Yes, ma'am. Uh, he, he turned three in August, and he's a precocious three and a half. Okay. Now. Okay. Wonderful. And uh, can you tell me when uh, was it? What months and year were you living there? Uh, I was living there part-time, I would say, shortly after his birth in August 2017 through uh, December, January of 2018. Again, okay. I had my own apartment. And but where has the TV one. and the TV stand and the sound bar been since December of 2018? Uh, it's still been at her mother's house, uh, uh, the defendant's mother's Why house. Why didn't you take it with you in December of 2017 or January of 2018? Why didn't you take it with you when you stopped staying at the mother's house if it's yours? So I tried making several different attempts to say, hey, you know, at some point I'd like this back. She, we kind of were more focused on the child at that point. And now that um, we're... Well, y'all better be able to focus on two things at once. So according to you, Ms. Buker, it has nothing to do with, oh, we were focused on the child. It's that he's mad at you now. Tell me what your version on all this is. Um, yeah, so Keith is correct. He did buy the TV for me um, in 2017 after my son was born, and he was staying there uh, occasionally to help me. Sometimes we would stay at his apartment. Um, but then, you know, we've since had our ups and downs and are now litigating over custody of our child. Um, and that's really what has sparked him wanting the TV back is the custody. Whose TV um, is it? Issues. Whose TV is it? It was a 55 inch TV that he bought in 2017. Whose TV is it? Right. It's my TV. He bought it for me because my TV was broken and helped me get rid of the other one. Okay. 
Okay. I, and when was the first time, according to you, that he ever raised wanting it back? Um, he texted me a few months ago asking for it, and I said, you know, you bought Is it Is this the me. first time? Was a few months ago? Yes, since, you know, after the custody dispute started. All right. I don't remember the specific date, and, but I remember him texting me about it. And, and But it was after custody, the custody dispute came up. And right. why is there a custody dispute? It sounded like you two were very effectively co-parenting until now. What was it that happened that resulted in a custody dispute? So uh, we were co-parenting amicably, um, but uh, unfortunately, uh, there was a lot of... Uh, I was becoming a glorified babysitter where I could remain involved with the child, but it was whenever she was working or, or working per diem, picking up extra shifts. Um, if I had wanted to take him for extra time um, for my family events, it never, you know, it wasn't important if she didn't have anything else to do. So it started to feel more like leverage. So then I, I was like, okay, you know, this is serious. I, I actually was the one to say, let's, let's go to court and, and let's get this solidified. Um, in the meantime, the reason why it took so long for something like this to come up is because I was more focused on, okay, the parenting plan, the child support, which I'm paying full guideline. You realize um, though, and- you realize though that that's a, that's a very weak argument. Very weak because what? it's three years well, later. So it's it's extremely weak because you can focus on two things at once. I understand. Because if you can't, you can't be a parent. Okay. You yeah. It's so the idea that oh the reason I never asked for it before a custody battle was because I was so busy parenting. Yeah, you got a parent and well, you got to do a million other things were, too. If it was I, really I yours, it feels to me, but yeah, if it was really yours, it feels to me like you would have taken it with you when you were no longer staying there. I don't care that you bought it. That's just a receipt that says you paid for it. There's no question you paid for it. She doesn't claim she paid for it. Whether it's really yours is my decision based on the circumstances. She Correct. says you were staying Correct. there. You say you bought it for yourself because you wanted to be comfortable the few days you were staying there. She says you bought it for her because her TV was broken, and it's hers. So when I'm trying to figure out who it belongs to, little things like whether you took it with you when you stopped staying there matter. Little things like whether you brought it up before the custody battle matter when I'm trying to determine which of you is telling the truth. Right? They matter. I understand. Well, I thought that would be me being nice. That would be being the gentleman of of the thing. And then fast forward a year and a half later, and she is going for everything under the sun. And I mean everything under the sun. And that actually proves my point. What's happened is that you're angry now. And so you're saying, but no, my only call, I'm, my, I'm, I'm not the custody judge. I'm looking for a little judge. bit of justice. I'm looking for just a little bit. I know, bit. but you're not going to get it here. You're not going to get it here. But you should get it in custody court because you're right. You're not a glorified babysitter. You are the father. You are 50% in charge of that child. So that's where She's you get your little bit of justice. From me, where I'm... you don't get, what you don't get is to get angry about whatever's happening in custody court and then I'm claim something that was a gift because you're a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. It was a gift, but now I've changed my mind and now it's mine and I want it back. That's not how, how it works. If you actually gave it to her because you're a gentleman, then you gave it to her and you don't get to I have mean, it back because you guys are having other problems now. My verdict in this case is for the defendant. Your so the defendant prevails in this case over the TV set. I think the plaintiff is rather upset. Let's see. How do you, how do you feel, Mr. Olson? 
I mean, I think um, I think there was a lot of bigger context that wasn't taken into consideration. And unfortunately, I think um, some of that was lost in the presentation. And unfortunately, the mother of my child, even though I'm doing all these other great things, she won't even let me have my electronics back. So justice. Well, as the judge pointed out, custody court is where this can be ironed out for sure uh, for a final answer on it. Let's see what uh, what Ms. Booker has to say about it. How do you feel, Ms. Booker? I, I would imagine you're relieved you're going to be able to keep the TV, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad to have this issue settled and it to be something that we don't have to argue about anymore. Okay. Uh, let's find out now what the judges have to say about this. They hear cases like this a lot. Uh, so let's get another edition now of After the Verdict. When you go to family court and you're in a contentious paternity or custody battle over uh, time sharing and the, the monies that are going to be paid for child support one way or the other or both, uh, there's a lot of rancor sometimes. And I think that kind of bled over into this suit. And what looks a whole lot like a gift uh, From a that, gentleman. Right, right. It's suddenly, hey, uh, I never meant to give you that. Right. It, I mean, it's, it, it boggles the imagination that he would have left it there for three years, no. until, just until the time when she was winning in paternity court. He did have a decent-looking screen right behind him, too, in his room there. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it wasn't 55 inches, but it was, it was a good... I hope these folks put this behind them and uh, can finish arguing about whatever they really need to argue about and, right. uh, and just kind of move on. But this is where they had been so good at co-parenting all this right. time. First of all, you know, like, the first words were, let's have the baby and co-parent. Right. Um, you know, it, it's it's just such a shame that it ended up uh, that rancor ended up, you know, coming up over 2017 TV, right. which really represents that he just wanted to win one. Hey, Harvey, uh, there are traffic cameras and they've popped up all over the place. Are the tickets they send you in the mail legal or valid? Um, that's a great question. Um, there are cases um, in traffic court where people have challenged the calibration of these. And that's one way of doing it, to say, look, if these things haven't been checked, they're not reliable. But for the most part, I will say, uh, you're stuck if they get you. We'll see you next time. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.